Feeling the presence of the body, the rhythm of the breath. Bring our attention to this present experience. Here it is. This morning, this day, here in the temple. So easy for us to come into this this space, bringing a whole bringing a whole trail of our moods, preoccupations, conversations we've just had. Thoughts and memories the, the mind has latched onto. We take the opportunity of formal practice, sitting down, closing the eyes, to consciously let all of those preoccupations, things that the attention has been occupied by, to leave them aside, let them dissolve, leave them behind. The past is gone. The effects of the past, what's happened, what's been experienced, that's what makes up the present. It feels like this. This moment is the result of everything that has passed. It's like this. And what shape the future will take is complete mystery. Unknown, unknowable. The past is a closed book. The future is a complete mystery. Leave them alone. No need to fill up those spaces with imagination and Hope, regret, fear, nostalgia. You can leave them empty. Bringing full attention to this present reality. This is where the Dhamma is found. It's where the Dhamma is. Ever present. Sanditiko. Akaliko. Timeless. One of the blessings of developing the quality of inner listening, attending to the the nada sound, the, the inner sound, is that it's it's a sense object. So perception, a vibration, but it has many attributes that are uh, an image or a representation of Dhamma itself. Just as the Buddha image is a human figure that represents the, the Buddha quality, it's a, it's a perception. The the Buddha Rupa is not the quality of Buddha, but it represents that quality of awakened awareness.
spiritual perfection. So just as a Buddha Rupa is a sense object, something that we see has a form, it has attributes that represent the Buddha quality. Serenity, wakefulness. Also, Buddha images are always made in a way that is harmonious, is a symmetry. The form is always balanced. harmoniously composed. There's a quality of alertness, attention, that is always represented in a Buddha image, as well as peacefulness, ease, So just as a Buddha image is a symbol in the material world, in the sense world, for that awakened awareness, that Buddha quality of the, of the heart, so too the nada sound, the inner sound, has qualities that, that represent, can be an image for the Dhamma. It's a sense object, but those qualities resonate or point to attributes of the Dhamma itself. The inner sound has no beginning or ending. You never hear it start or stop. At least I never have. If we turn attention to it, it's always present. So that quality of beginninglessness and endlessness, presence, sanditiko, akaliko, that's a natural quality represented by the, the inner sound. Doesn't respond to personal will. I can't decide to do anything with it. It's present, ever active, but is independent of personal choice, just like the laws of nature, the speed of light or the force of gravity, the cycle of the seasons. These are not personal, not under individual control. So the Nada sound also represents that non-personal quality of Dhamma, Sabe Dhamma Anatta. There is no self in the created or the uncreated. There's also an energetic quality to the to the inner sound, this inner vibration. The more the attention rests upon it, the more energized, bright the mind tends to be. There's a vitality, a strength, an energy that's part of it.
Ehipasiko means encouraging investigation. Well, the more that you listen to the inner sound, the easier it is to notice it. The louder, the clearer it, uh, it gets for most people. So it has the same quality of encouraging investigation. It's a positive feedback loop. The more you pay attention to it, the easier it is to pay attention. It supports itself, strengthens itself, encourages attention, investigation. And Pachatang Vedita Bo Vinyuhi, to be known by each individual for themselves. I can't hear your nada sound. You can't hear mine. I can ignore it. You can ignore it. You can not have ever even heard it or felt it. So, just like the Dhamma is to be known by each person for themselves, this inner quality is something that needs to be attended to, or can be attended to, by each of us, or it can be ignored. Or sometimes when we come across teachings or talks, books about the, the practice of inner listening, attending to the nada sound, that sometimes it's talked about in very exalted ways, like if you listen to this sound it means you're enlightened or you're a stream enterer. Or it's guaranteed to change your life. Even came across a, you know, a weekend workshop for several thousand dollars to initiate people into this sort of mystical meditation practice. And it was the practice was listening to the Nada sound, this great revelation. 5,000 bucks for the weekend. Thank you very much. <laughs> so people can make promises or you know, make uh, inflated statements about the practice of inner listening. I would suggest there's nothing intrinsically exalted or liberating about it, just like the breath. It's a biological function known through the sensory system of this this life, this body, this mind. So it's not liberating in and of itself. It's not a sign of having arrived at stream entry or enlightenment. But rather, it's a tool, a skillful means that can bring many benefits, many blessings. Just like a Buddha Rupa is a, a skillful means. It has a purpose, a presence in our lives that can bring great strength, great beauty, wholesome qualities. That's why we have Buddha images around. That's why we have shrines. So if we apply attention to the inner sound, use it in a skillful way, it helps to evoke, to remind, and to symbolize those qualities of Dhamma. In, helps the, the heart to incline towards the actualization of those qualities, being in, attentive to the present, being energetic. It 
seeing things in a non-personal way. It, it can encourage those qualities if it's handled, if it's used in a skillful way. Like any tool, its value depends on how it's used. That's how, that's how tools work. Or if we cultivate the inner listening, listening to the sound of silence, particularly as a, a backdrop to all experience, then we can carry that as a presence as we walk outside, as we go about our daily activities, encouraging the realization, the recognition that the world happens here within this mind. The world is known within this sphere of awareness. Our bodies walk around outside the buildings and around the world. Yes, but that world is known here within this sphere of awareness, made up of seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking, remembering, imagining. The world happens here, it's known here. And as the Buddha said to the, the Deva Rohitasa, who as a yogi in a, a lifetime as a human being had tried to walk to the end of the world and had died on the journey, couldn't get to the end of the world. The Buddha said to Rohitasa, you can't get to the end of the world by walking, but I tell you, unless you get to the end of the world, you won't get to the end of dukkha, of suffering. Then he went on to explain, it's in this very body, with its perceptions and thoughts, there is the world, the origin of the world, the ending of the world, and the way leading to the ending of the world. So in that expression, he's equating the world, loka, with unsatisfactoriness, dukkha. And in this respect, it means the the false reality, the false solidity that's given to loka, the world. So the end of the world is the end of that false mistaken impression, the end of that lie, that delusion. Where does the world end? Right here in this awareness, this very vijadhatu, this element of knowing, that sees the empty nature of the world. The empty nature of sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, thought, emotion, memory, imagination. When this awareness, this vijja dhatu, this element of knowing, sees the empty nature of the world, the solidity, the false substantiality of that world ends. And the result of that is freedom. Limitlessness. The heart awake to this timeless present reality, free of birth and death. There's no birth and death to be brought to an end in this moment. So in 
Buddhist terms, the end of the world is seeing the empty nature of the world. It's not a negation, it's not a pushing away or an aversion, but it's seeing the reality. How the mind had been taken in, entranced by the appearances, beautiful, ugly, pleasant, painful, wanted, unwanted, comfortable, uncomfortable, when it sees the empty, insubstantial nature of those impressions, it's not rejecting them or hating them, fearing them. Rather, it's simply seeing their transparency, understanding them, freeing the heart from identification with them. And mysteriously, the heart freed of identification and grasping, it's much more able to work with those appearances with skill, with kindness. Mindfulness and wisdom. When the heart is no longer grasping and identified with worldly conditions, it can work with them in an unbiased, natural, skillful, beneficial way. This is how wisdom Mindfulness and wisdom operates in the world of our experience, in the world of our actions and our speech.